Good morning, awesome people. Welcome to a little R&R with Rick and Rebecca. Hope you're having an awesome week and are enjoying the pod. We have uh, some some new stuff for you today that hopefully will be helpful. We've been thinking about Thanksgiving coming yeah, up we soon, have. right? Soon. Uh, so what's your favorite, most favoritest part of, of Thanksgiving, Rebecca? My most favorite part, favoritest most part is the conversation that takes place around the table. Really? Yeah. Because I've got a large family and we really do do our best to get as many people there as huh. possible. And the conversations are hilarious because they range from ages, you know, 70 plus to, you know, I think our youngest around the table is maybe 11. Wow. And so you get a variety of some seriously. So is it loud? It's not that it's loud. It's that it's variety and you kind of everyone kind of gets together and you you get to kind of pick up where everyone is at it's not loud but it's messy Messy. but beautifully messy not scary messy it's a beautiful mess i've been in scary messy so ours is four months to like 73 oh my and it is so loud that on the way home we have no music playing just to like just decompress. De- yeah. And we have echoes in our ears. What it's, is it's, a, it's fun. What is your favorite part? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I can't believe you didn't say this. Pickled beets. <laughs> there are no pickled beets at my Thanksgiving. That's just the saddest thing I've ever heard. So the best part of the meal after the dressing. What? After the dressing. Not stuffing, dressing. The best part is the pickled beets. So is pickled beets like connected to some people group? So my mom always had pickled beets at Thanksgiving. And I, oh, like a pe- like German or something? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. They're just, everyone it's should just eat pickled beets. Just your family. Every, every culture should eat pickled <laughs> beets. And they're crisp and delicious. And so that's one of my favorite things. My family thinks I'm crazy for many reasons, I guess. But that and, and, the, and the dressing are my favorite parts of the meal. Okay. People, yeah. you heard it here. Thanksgiving yeah. is yeah. not Thanksgiving without pickled you gotta have beets. beets. It is the, you learn it is something new the every way to day. Live. <laughs> Truly live. Yep. Yep. And so besides that, Thanksgiving's a really cool time to be grateful, right? Yes, it is. So we're going to talk about gratitude today and what it is and why it's important and maybe some things we've learned. Yeah. That's like a deal. Yeah, that sounds right. fantastic. Do you want to jump in first or do you want me to? I think you should jump should in. Should I jump in first? You just I'm go. grateful for this opportunity to do that. <laughs> So let's give a definition. Uh, obviously, it means to be thankful, grateful. Yes. But one of the best definitions I ever found was it means being conscious of a benefit received. Oh. So it's like not just, hey, thank you for the whatever. It's I'm aware that you gave me something. Yeah. So there's an awareness piece to it. And I like that because I think we're flipping and saying thank you for whatever. But I like the fact that it's a conscious choice to go, man, that was thoughtful and that was beneficial to me. So yes. I think that's a really good definition to kick off with. Uh, as I was thinking about this topic, there's a couple things that were in my head and kind of running around in my head. And one is that gratitude keeps me grounded. Mm. I can whine and complain with the best of them. Same, you know? same, yeah. same, same. Are you a glass half full or glass half empty person? Uh, I'm an opportunist. I see that there's a glass and then I drink it. Really? Um, so okay. <laughs> there you go. Especially if it has bubbly water. Yes. So, so listen, listen, listen. Um, the, the ability of humanity is that we veer toward the negative. I think even yeah. optimists. Yes. I think we just try and prepare ourselves for worst case scenario, uh-huh. even if we're optimists. Okay. 
Um, so when you're saying, you know, it, I, I don't think it matters if a person is pessimistic or optimistic, half empty, half full. I think that we are oftentimes, especially now, I think post 9-11, I think COVID, I think we are in a mind frame of let's just prepare for the worst, which sure. is, does a number on gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a glass half empty guy. Mm-hmm. I can whine and complain with the best of them. And so if I don't start my day out with gratitude, yeah, it gets funky in my head. Yep. So I like simple things like I turn on the faucet, water comes out and a warm place to sleep and food and, and Oreos and my job and my salvation and family. Those yeah. are, they keep me grounded and centered. And so it keeps me centered. There's a second reason that I've learned about gratitude, a second thing I've learned about gratitude that. I need to remind myself of every single day is that it reminds me that it all comes from God. Yes. You know, we can get kind of cocky and think, look what all I did. Oh yeah. That's great to celebrate our accomplishments. But like, I think gratitude keeps us focused that it's, it's God who provided. He actually gave you the ability. He did. Yep. And the air to breathe and the turn on the faucet, there's water, like all of that's from God. And so I think that's a really important thing for me. And if you look at the old Testament, you see that they're like normal people like us. Yes. Who struggle with gratitude. And they whine. They are <laughs> excellent whiners. Yep. And I, and I my summary of the Old Testament Oof. is they would whine and complain. They'd forget what God did for them. They'd whine and complain. They would turn to idols. They would come back to God. They would forget what God did. They would whine and complain. They would turn to idols. They'd come back to God. Like that's essentially the Old Testament. Yes, it is. And... It's easy to go, man, those people didn't get it. I We're the same. We do that, right? Yeah. And so I think what we see in the Old Testament is that when lack of gratitude creeps in, then sin creeps in <gasps> because it inevitably oh, leads yep. us to think it's about us or to whine and complain or to turn to other ways to meet our needs or whatever. So thoughts about thoughts about that for your, your own life, like... Whether it's keeping God as the source that reminds you of, or or maybe even opening the door to sin, like that's what either one of those things. Uh, I want to add to both of them. Um, first thought would be it was coming to mind that I I know we hear a lot of teaching about the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, yeah, and it was originally supposed to be an eleven day trip, and it took them forty years. It's a long time, and it's a long time. And um, we, when you look in Scripture. It's in Numbers 13 or 14. I'm kind of bad about the addresses. Sure. But at least I got you in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> um, numbers 13 or 14, where where the 40 days is actually a punishment for the whining, for the disbelief that huh. God would actually provide that sure. promised yeah, land. Yeah. Yep, yep. And so it's almost like God grounded them for 40 years. Whew. And I, when I really caught what that was like because of how much of my um, lack of gratitude for what he does can affect my belief for what he's going to do or how he's going to provide. Oh, that's good. Do you see what I'm saying? And so they weren't able to go into what was promised because they could not embrace the gratitude of what they came out of. And so then they did not have the trust for what he was asking them to do. So he's like, that's okay. I'll work with you then. For You're not years. going in. <laughs> yeah. I think I had that in my own life. So are you saying that lack of gratitude keeps us from trusting God for what's next? Yes. That's it can. really good. It can. 
because their gratitude is like uh, an acceptance of what has already been done. Sure. Yeah. And so that's going to affect what we're looking ahead towards. That's good. And then the second thing I wanted to add it is like you do your gratitudes in the front end of the day. I love that. I'm not awake enough to do that. <laughs> I do my gratitudes at the end of the day because before bed is when my brain starts to get really overactive. Sure. And if I don't tap into what I'm grateful for that I experienced during the day, I find that that's when my brain will not shut off and it's trying to problem solve. Sure. And so it's part of my 10 step daily inventory that I start it with gratitudes. That's cool. Five of them every day. Yep. So... To summarize where we've gone so far, I think we're saying that gratitude keeps us grounded in what God has done, Mm -hmm. and it keeps us hopeful, faithful, trusting for what God has next. It protects our hearts, could you say, from whining, complaining, wandering sin? I think it does, ultimately, yeah. I think so, too. And so, and it doesn't matter when or how you do it. It's just, I think a daily, a just daily practice to have is good. that daily practice, sure. I think is really important. That's awesome. So let's talk about thanking other people for stuff. Mm. Uh, Cause it's great to express thanks to God for his provision, but he certainly uses people in our life and people are, you know, do things for us. What have you learned about expressing gratitude towards other people in your own life? Ooh, my favorite way to express gratitude toward other people is to be as specific as I can. Cool. Like what? Um, that like if if somebody does something for me, I like to not just say thanks, but I like to say more specific thanks. Like okay. thanks for having given of your time and your energy for this specific. So why thing. do you make it specific? Um, because I think it makes it more personal. I feel like when I can thank somebody for a specific thing, it does two different things. It lets them know that I really see what they've done and what they've put into it. And the second thing is, Hmm. is it makes me remember. That's cool. It makes me remember because it's real easy for me to receive from somebody, thank them and forget. But if I take a minute to get specific, then I'm also having to recognize this person put time and energy effort. Well, doesn't that go back to our definition too? It's consciousness of a benefit received, right? So you're like, you're taking the time to think about what they did yeah, and it helps them and it also helps you. That's really, that's really cool. How about you? Yeah. So there's a, a great verse in Philippians that Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Oh, and yeah. I love the purpose, kind of like what you were saying, the purposefulness of that. Like when you think about somebody, yeah, God, thank you for Henry or Julietta. Is that a word? Julieta? Is that a name? It is now. Whatever. Thank God for them, right? <laughs> that they're in my life and for what they've done. I just, I like the focus of that. And there's a uh, a quote from Andy Stanley that, you know, our, our killer quotes we try to yeah. do. Uh, that I saw a few years ago that, that really resonated with me about being intentional about gratitude for, to people. He says, refusing to express gratitude sends this message. I could have done this without you. Oh gosh. Right. And I, I just love how it, it illustrates how we're a community. Yeah. Like none of us can be lone rangers here. None of us can no. be on the, on our own in our journey. And if I don't express gratitude to you or somebody else, I'm essentially saying, I don't need you. I can do this by myself. And which is not true. No, we are actually the things that we have done by ourselves have actually, actually been our, our worst, yeah, absolutely. worst decisions. Yeah. 
I, I just, you're so oh. right. And I just, I think it's so important to let people know how much they mean to you, how yeah. much you value them, yes, how much they've impacted you. I just, I love the community aspect of, of gratitude in that way. That's saying, really, hey, I can't yep. do this without you. I've got to have you. So, so that's gratitude to the Lord, gratitude towards others, reasons for that. Should we talk a little bit about some obstacles to, to gratitude, some things that kind of get oh. in the way of it in our lives? Yes. Do you have anything that you've noticed in your own life that are like obstacles to being grat- grateful? Yeah. For me, it's the big book refers to it as life in life's terms. It's the th- it's the things that come into our day to day that we have no control over. Sometimes they're large things like a diagnosis yeah. or a situation with somebody in our life that's close to us, sometimes an accident or, you know, those things that we have no control over. And then, Rick, they can be as petty as a parking spot. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's the, yeah. it's the life on life's terms. Sure. Those things we don't have control over and they're big and they're small and they show up every day. But I think that they're like the the thing that we we focus on more than what we could be grateful for. Hmm. The petty and the it's problematic distraction, distraction yeah. from the gratitude. That's good. You know, it's true to say that we live in a pretty affluent, abundant culture. Yeah, like we do. Even the poorest in our culture typically have access to food and those kind of things, right? Typically. And so we live in an abundant culture. And so we, we have an ex, a level of expectation of yeah. what is normal, what is, what is okay. Right. And so since we typically have a place to sleep, food to eat, clothes to wear, hopefully a job, we tend to assume that all of those things are like the baseline. And then we kind of even take it a level above that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, rat on myself here a little bit, rat myself out a little bit. Oh, no. uh, I go to Starbucks for, you know, on the weekend occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, by occasionally, I mean every weekend. <laughs> and I love that it turned into confession. Uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> and the one that we go to close for remodeling for about two weeks. Oh, no, Rick. Well, why, how can they do that to me? <laughs> and so we had to go to a different Starbucks. Oh, okay? no. Right? And, and I think it's just an example of, and, I, and I'm making that, you know, being overly dramatic here. Right. But the point is that when we get so used to abundance, yes. when there's an inconvenience of, oh, my Starbucks wasn't there, we just like freak out. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm talking to myself here first and foremost. Yeah. And I, and I think there it reminds me that abundance can lead to an op, be an obstacle to gratitude. It can lead me to think, man, I, I need that. I deserve that. Yeah. And that so sense I, of entitlement. Absolutely. And I want to say from an addiction level, there's something like inherently wrong in the way that I think that it's not always about that, but it's like, there's this like false core belief that I need to constantly address that somehow my life is supposed to go smoothly. Sure. Who told you that, right? Well, that's a exactly. lie. That's right. I mean, exactly. that is like, like, but, exactly. but it's, that's what I'm fighting against. Yep. That's yep. the entitlement that shows up, that yep. things are supposed to go smoothly. Whew. So what's your definition of entitlement? How would you define that for the peeps? My first thought is the expectations, which become premeditated resentments which is a 12 okay. step thing. It's yeah. like, as soon as I start having expectations. So that's a really broad thing. Cause that's about people, situations, daily life. 
And that is 12 steps refers to any expectation as a premeditated resentment. And when I look at my life at how many expectations I have on how things are supposed to go, how people are supposed to respond, how people are supposed to respond specifically to me. Yeah. Because it's about me and my needs, Rick. Totally. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Amen. As a believer in Christ, don't they know? Yeah. Yeah. What you deserve. Oh my gosh. Here's a definition. I know it's so wrong. It's deserving of certain privileges. Oh, it's kind of a short little definition. So do you, where did you notice entitlement in your addiction? Oh my gosh. I've, I feel like the question should be more like, where didn't I see entitlement in my addiction? Okay. Like in the moments of my being an addict, I would have never defined it as entitlement. What would you have thought it was? I thought I was a victim of the circumstance, the situation, other people. I thought I was the victim. But my victim mentality was really an excuse, rationalization, and justification of my entitlement that was deeply woven in the fabric of my identity and is still something that is having to be torn out. Okay, so how did you become aware of that and then let the Lord break that down. Painfully. A lot of it is actually the step work that I've done of the way that I was instructed to do step in four and five was not about just writing my own stuff, but it was owning my part, owning the belief systems that I chose for myself. Like, yes, I could have actually been the victim of a circumstance or a person or a situation. Yes, that was legitimate. But what belief system did I choose for myself? Because they didn't put that on me. And then I needed to own that so that I could change it, which automatically brings about a really cool humility that is genuine and not some kind of self-pity or That's good. Christian Eeyore version Eeyore. of humility. That's good. Um, so that I could actually do something to change it. And it and it and now though, what's cool is when I see myself selfish, entitled, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't feel at, it doesn't feel personal. It feels like, oh, that's that again. So okay. now I can actually Address do it. something about okay. it. Okay, cool. Like I have a guilt over it versus yep. a shame. Yep. You ready for another offensive quote? Oh, bring it. And for those of you who are new to the pod, offensive doesn't mean like bad. It means challenging. We love the offensive quote. So, yeah, here's a a dude named Wayne Cadero. Ungrateful people live under the deception that they are always entitled to more. The food is never prepared well. Mm. The weather is never to their liking. The policies are inadequate and the leadership is incompetent. And, and I just, that is such a sweet picture of what entitlement looks like. It's like, it's never enough. That's how I think of entitlement is it's never uh, lack of gratitude. It's never enough. Like I never, it's never right for me. It's never good enough for me. And, and, and I think, you know, if we live like that, we're going to be super irritated, cranky, whiny all the time, because let's be real. Nothing is ever going to live up to our standards. And, And I think this is what comes in where, where contentment comes in, because I don't know about you, but I recognize that if I didn't learn to be content with what I have, where I'm at, I will never be content. Right. So if the food isn't perfect, it's still food to eat. That's healthy for me more than most people have to eat. 
there's a, there's a sense of contentment here. Uh, if you've been on the program a while or we're in the program for a while, you probably heard me say something like this or Rebecca say something like this, uh, that if you can't learn to be content in the program, you'll never be content outside the never, program. Never, never, never. And I think we have this distortion that contentment's about where we are or what we have. And if that's how we view contentment, we're never going to be content because it's never going to be perfect until heaven. Right. And so I think the best way to to attack lack of gratitude, to attack entitlement is to learn contentment. That, yeah, this isn't exactly the way I want it to be, but for now I'm okay with where I'm at and what I'm doing. Well, and I'm also thinking like while you said that quote and talked about what that looks like as you're walking it out in your own life, when I lack gratitude like that, where things are not enough, Mm -hmm. I'm actually really, really detrimental for other people. I mean, it's like, think of how you feel when you've been to a restaurant where you have appreciation, but the other person is constantly complaining or, you know what I mean? Or yeah, like it, it, it start, it spreads faster than COVID, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That's good. Uh, if you are looking for a psalm or a scripture verse that oh, can no. kind of help with this, Psalm 16 is kind of my go-to when I'm feeling a need to be recentered, refocused on, on uh, what matters. And I'm just going to read a, a, one particular verse to me, uh, to you, sorry, that really is kind of the heart of it. That reminds me so much of what needs to be the priority in our lives. And it's verse two of Psalm 16. It says, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And there's this this heart there that, God, you are the source of all these things and you've given me all these things, but you're really what matters. And I wonder if we could just get our ourselves to a place of just deep gratitude for the Lord. Yes. And not needing anything else, if that would provide the centering and the contentment and the grounding that we need. I want to add to that Please. in the New Testament. Notice I didn't say specifically what book. In the New Testament, it says godliness with contentment is great gain. And in my addiction, I could get, you know, crazy out of my head and think Mm -hmm. I was content, but it had no godliness. And then I could come into Christianity, get real religious and try for godliness without any contentment. And those both are really jacked up. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. It's great gain. That's in scripture That's in good. the New Testament. That's right? good. So to kind of sum this part up, we're saying that contentment and gratitude ground us yes. in what's true and real. Yep. It helps center us. It helps keep us from wandering into wacky thinking and sin. And it reminds us that it's all about the Lord anyway. He's the source and he's all that matters. Yeah. Um, one more offensive quote Bring that it. I think gets to the heart of this a little bit as well. This is also from Wayne Cordero. True gratefulness is more than a token appreciation after receiving a gift. It's the state of your heart before anybody does anything for you. And and I I just, I love how you describe the intentionality of thanking somebody for something specifically. And let's take it one step further than that. It's actually grateful before you got anything. Yeah. Right. And that's contentment. It's not, I need this to be happy. I need to be there to be happy. It's no, I'm already content. And this just added. Absolutely. This oh, is a bonus. come on. I love the state of the heart thing because I think that captures both the Psalm 16 heart that David has and what the Lord wants for us is just this sense of, God, we're okay. 
And I'm going to trust your daily bread today. What you give, what you take away is what I need. And wouldn't that be a much more peaceful way to live than always like, I need this, I need that person, I need this thing. If we could just cultivate this contentment with Lord, we're okay. I'm going to trust you for what you choose to bring my way today. Just a thought. I love that. I love that. Just walking through life with contentment and then everything yeah. else he adds yeah. is just bonus. And if, he, and if we, you know, are given something bonus, if something is taken away, I'm still choosing to be content. Yeah. That's beautiful. Let's close with the verse from Philippians. We, we looked at uh, a little bit of a one earlier, but this is a little bit longer section. And this one's just so powerful. This is Paul. I'm not saying this because I am in need, mm-hmm. for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And I just, I love the focus there. I've learned, right? I've yeah. learned the secret. Yeah. So there's something about contentment that is this thing we get to discover. And as we discover contentment, I just think it brings a centeredness and a balance to our hearts. Yeah. So so a couple of takeaways for today could be, uh, whether it's morning or evening or during the day, have a set time where you express gratitude to God for some specific things. That can be written, could be spoken, could be in your head. And secondly, to continually remind yourself who's the source of all the good in your life. Yes. And let that awareness guard your heart from discontent. And thirdly is to cultivate, learn the secret of being content. Yep. There's something Paul's got for us in Philippians 4 when he says the secret of being content. And let that guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Anything you want to add? Man, I'm so thankful we got to do this. I'm so grateful (laughs) we got to do this. If you guys have any questions or stuff you're grateful for and you want to throw it in the comments, please do that. Yeah. Uh, And have an awesome Thanksgiving. Eat a ton of pickled beets. (laughs) And enjoy some football, time with family, and hopefully some time to express gratitude to God and other people for what they've done in your life. I'm going to close with our blessing for y'all. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you much, much peace. Love you guys. Thanks for uh, listening today and may God be with you. See ya.